Be aware of the propaganda parade. Let's talk about it on this episode of Pushback. If you're concerned about the direction our culture is heading, then maybe it's time to push back. Hello and welcome to another episode of Pushback. I'm Dr. Johnny, and as I mentioned last week uh, in my podcast, uh, my whole family has pretty much contracted COVID, and we've been working through those symptoms over this last week. Uh, My whole family has pretty much recovered. Uh, I'm the one that's still lingering a little, but I'm feeling uh, quite a bit better. And uh, we all seem to be on the upswing and seem to be on the the tail end of this COVID experience. Our experience has been that it hasn't been too bad. Uh, I wouldn't want to go through it again. Uh, And I'm glad that it's almost over. Uh, But overall, I would describe it as mild to moderate. And uh, I think all of us uh, seem to be doing well in getting past this without too much problems. So I'm thankful for that. Thank you for your prayers and your support in regards to that. My voice is a little gravelly, and so I'm going to do the best I can to get through this podcast because I always look forward to these uh, to such a great deal. Um, So let's talk about a little bit of some feedback that I got over the last couple weeks because there is this vaccine that's on the horizon. And my last podcast was the facts about the vax. And I encourage you to listen to those as well as to my previous installments and episodes about the vaccine, because it's coming soon. And I want you and your family to be able to make an informed decision. Uh, Tina from Wisconsin wrote, As a kingdom-minded follower of Jesus, who happens to be a pharmacist, I am incredibly grateful for these podcasts. Developing treatments and vaccines are so encouraging and yet not necessarily embraced. So my heart really needed this. Thank you. So thank you for those words, Tina, and I hope that I can offer a fair and balanced uh, presentation about vaccines and why I think they're so important and why I feel like they will be so helpful to get through uh, the rest of this craziness and put an end finally to this pandemic. Uh, Bill from Minnesota wrote, thanks so much for the continued conversation about vaccination for COVID. Uh, Your way of objectively presenting facts is very encouraging. In my discussions with people over the past few years, mostly listening to others, so many Americans have become distrustful of our institutions, such as the media, government, and even healthcare. Many people do not really seek what is right and instead want to be right. Thus, these folks only listen to information that supports their beliefs. As a country, we could go a long way to healing if the media and government would come out and admit that they have violated public trust and will commit to honest reporting and dealing moving forward. It is really sad that our nation has become so polarized at the misleading of a few. Thanks so much for your work to untangle this mess and encourage people to have open dialogue. Blessings to you and your family as you heal from COVID. Thank you, Bill, for those kind words and really important words. And these words are going to actually serve as a great segue for my topic today. Uh, I believe that this topic for this podcast, it's so important that I talk about it now because there are obviously allegations of election fraud and a lot that's happening in the country 
And before any more is known over the next two to three weeks, uh, I really want to talk about this issue uh, so that this issue doesn't get confused or swept under the rug in regards to the actual outcome of the election, because this is bigger than the outcome. This is about culture, which is what, of course, this podcast is all about. And so we don't know what's going to happen over the next couple of weeks, but there is something at stake here that is big and it's powerful, that's important, and that we as Americans should want more than anything else, and that's the truth. It's the truth. This is what we're after. And whether you're a Biden supporter or a Trump supporter or whether you voted for or whoever you voted for, what we really should want and what all Americans should want is the truth. My 12-year-old son, the other day I heard him over talking with my wife regarding one of his school uh, lessons, and he was talking about the Bible verse, you know, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. And he was saying that, uh, I heard him say, even at age 12, that a lot of times we interpret that, that, you know, that, that Jesus is the truth. And when we receive him, we receive freedom through his truth, which is absolutely right. But he also said that when people are living in lies, that when we receive truth, it actually sets them free as well, that the chains actually come off, that that untruth and the lies that we live in and the lies that we believe actually shackle us and that we can be set free from those chains by truth. Nicely said, Silas, and I happen to agree with you 100%. So that's what both sides should want. Now, I'm not saying one side is the truth and one side is the lie. What I'm saying is that both sides should embrace and should move towards truth. What I would like to see happen (coughs) is for candidate Joe Biden to respond to the American people. Yes, let's turn over every stone. I have absolutely nothing to hide. I want the truth to come out. I do not want to win a presidency if there is fraud or corruption or any other reason why I would have won. I think that's the unifying message that Americans should look for. Now, I know that there's angst over maybe Trump having sour grapes, that he he lost and should just move on. But, But this is critical to the heart of American people, that we want truth. We want to know what happened. There are some, there are enough, I think we can maybe agree on this. There are enough irregularities about election night and the, the few days that followed that I think it's, it's worth asking questions and turning over every stone to make sure that this election was legit. It's the, it's, it's the heartbeat of democracy. It's the heartbeat of the Republic that we have a representative government and that my vote matters. And what I mean by my vote matters, not only was it counted, but it wasn't diluted by extra votes that could possibly have been given. I think that uh, William Shakespeare from the play Hamlet said, the lady does protest too much, methinks. (laughs) And so if the response of the Democratic Party is to say, well, this is all hogwash and we should just move on and just accept the results of the election and let's ignore any possible evidence of fraud. I think you protest too much. There's something about that response that makes me uncomfortable. (coughs) Excuse me. 
So here's Trump's legal team, and they came out this week with a press conference, and they have inferred that they have piles of evidence of voter fraud. Now, that doesn't mean that the evidence they have is right or accurate or important, but it is evidence. And they have signed affidavits of those who have witnessed and participated in voter fraud. Now, the response by the media mostly has been just to simply dismiss that nugget of information or, more often than not, decided to simply not cover it. Now, last week, Rudy Giuliani and his team released a press conference and they made it very clear in the press conference that they weren't calling this to give evidence but to give, quote-unquote, an opening statement (coughs) to the American public about what they have. And they addressed very specifically to the press that was present in the room that this isn't evidence that can be released to the press because it is court evidence. And those that have signed affidavits have not given permission to release their, their personal and private information but that they were going to give an opening statement that they have evidence and some of it is researchable by the press if they would desire to pursue it. And they responded very specifically to the press writing consistently that there is no evidence. And they said, how can you say there is no evidence when we're saying right before you, and they held up the papers, that we have evidence. Now you can decide that this evidence isn't true You can decide the evidence isn't accurate, but it is evidence. And at the very, very least, it's news. It's news. Now, many in the press has expressed frustration that no evidence has been presented to them. Now, because they didn't present evidence specifically to the press does not mean it's not evidence. Now, the question is, why would the Trump legal team give evidence to the press? Who is the press? Well, I've looked into this very, very carefully in preparation for this podcast, because I think this is such an important uh, definition of what we are dealing with. I think words help define what what the real issues are here that is happening in America currently. So what is a journalist? Well, a journalist, according to Webster's, is a person who writes for newspapers, magazines, or news websites, or prepares news to be broadcast. The key objective of a journalist is to gather information, write news pieces, and present the news in an honest and balanced way manner. So that's the working definition of what a journalist is. So they write the news and they present the news. So what is news? Well, news is newly received or noteworthy information, especially about recent or important events. Well, I think our election is fairly important. I say that a little bit sarcastically. I think it's quite important. And Trump's legal team coming before the American public in a news conference 
explaining that they have piles of evidence that will help <clears throat> clarify and, and bring to light voter fraud, that feels noteworthy to me. Noteworthy information. And it's certainly recent and important. So it's a journalist's job, whether they agree with it, whether it's accurate or not, whether it's um, pertinent or whether it'll overchange the results of the election, it's a journalist's job is to report the news. That's what they are supposed to be providing to us as American citizens. Now, there is another group of people that are called editorialists. Now, an editorialist also deliver information and articles, and this is the definition of an editorialist, a newspaper article written by or on behalf of an editor that gives an opinion on a topical issue. Okay, so that makes sense. So an editorialist is somebody who would offer their own opinion. Now, that is to draw contrast between a journalist, an editorialist, and this word, a propagandist, someone who disseminates propaganda. So let me give you a definition of propaganda. Information, especially of a biased or misleading nature, used to promote or publicize a particular political cause or point of view. So a propagandist is different than an editorialist who is different than a journalist. So propaganda is information that is not impartial and used primarily to influence an audience and further an agenda, often by presenting facts selectively, perhaps lying by admission, omission, or to encourage a particular synthesis or using loaded messages to produce an emotional rather than a rational response to the information presented. I believe the key word is misleading or manipulation. That is the goal and the purpose of propaganda. So I want to give you just a, a quick illustration that I'll, I think will help sort this out in our brain. So a journalist could say, Dr. Johnny was quoted to say, Joe Biden is an alien from Mars. Now that, that would be a journalist reporting news. If Dr. Johnny came out and said, I believe Joe Biden is an alien from Mars, then a journalist could quote me and could just simply present the news. An editorialist might say, my opinion, based on my information, is that Biden is an alien. And an editorialist has every right to certainly give their opinion, but they're making their opinion known as an opinion. Now, a propagandist would say a headline such as this, Joe Biden is not eligible to be president. Now, that would be a headline that would make you want to read more, wouldn't it? And further in the report, you could write something that he reports that he is not an American citizen and thus he is not eligible to become president because he's actually, in fact, from Mars. So do you see the difference between what a journalist would say, what an editorialist would say, 
and what a propagandist would say. Now, there's a lot of different ways that a propagandist goes about doing their business. So let's read this again. Propaganda is information that is not impartial and used primarily to influence an audience and further an agenda, often by presenting facts selectively to encourage a particular synthesis or using a loaded message to produce an emotional rather than rational response to the information presented. So over this last week, I've spent a lot of time looking at headlines and looking at articles that are written, especially by the propagandist media. And it is shocking. In fact, after the Trump campaign came out and said, hey, this is not a time for us to present evidence to you. This is a time for us to tell you that we have evidence and that you should no longer report that there is no evidence. And the very next morning, the headlines were, Trump's team show no evidence. <laughs> and, and, and headline after headline say, says things similar to this. The way Trump is handling this is an embarrassment to America. Chaos in the Trump team. Dundering, blundering. These are words that people use to produce an emotional rather than rational response to the information presented. So when you pull open a headline and it says embarrassment, chaos, dundering, (coughs) it actually shows a weakness of argument. In my podcast, which comes first, honor or anger, this is one that I did right at the very beginning of releasing my podcast. I explained that when people do personal assaults and attacks, it's usually a sign of weakness, a weakness of argument. So they, they come out like they're a cornered animal. And start swinging and saying things that are inflammatory and emotional rather than actually just responding to the information presented. It's a propagandist strategy. And that, my friends, are what we are is what we are dealing with right now in America. So let's go back to the Trump story. Here's their team releasing a opening statement regarding what they see is important evidence. And the question is, should that, Trump, should that Trump team release their information to propagandists? Well, when you frame it as what they are, propagandists, absolutely not. So when we see a headline in this example that says, Trump team without evidence of fraud, and if you look anywhere on the internet, or on news channels, that is the headline over and over and over again. Trump team without evidence of fraud. Is that news? Is that an opinion? Or is that selectively presenting facts? Because that's the difference between a journalist, an editorialist, and a propagandist. Not showing evidence is not the same as not having evidence. I'm not a journalist, and yet I know the difference. Now, please hear me in this. It's not illegal to be an editorialist. I would argue that that's exactly what I am. I'm sitting here on this microphone giving you my opinion. And I've made that very clear since I started this podcast, that this is Dr. Johnny's opinion. And I invite other other people to give their opinions. Sean Hannity is an example of someone who is not a journalist, and he'd be the first one to, to make that claim. 
He is an editorialist. He is giving opinions. He gives strong opinions that tend to be more conservative. But he's not claiming to be an objective journalist. He's making it clear that his stances and his positions are opinions. It's also, as far as I know, not illegal to be a propagandist. But we just need to know as Americans who is what. Who is what? It frustrated me to no end that Chris Wallace, a Fox News contributor who actually moderated the first debates, he sits up there and the very first question he, ta- he asked Donald Trump about a comment that he made that there are good people on both sides. And he, he said you commented about that in regards to white supremacists. That was simply wrong and Chris Wallace knew it. Donald Trump was not talking about white supremacists when he said there's good sides on both the good people on both sides of the argument. He was talking about people who were pulling down some statues. It was a completely different conversation. And Chris Wallace knew it. And so what Chris Wallace did is he selectively presented facts in his very question. And he he created an emotional response to, to influence an audience and further an agenda. And without a doubt in my mind, I believe Chris Wallace is a propagandist. I know that's a harsh thing to say. I don't know him personally, but everything that I've heard him say, and especially that crafted question, which he had weeks to prepare for, he knew it was misleading and he asked it anyway. That makes him a propagandist. So we just need to know who is what. And we need to select debate moderators, for instance, who are not propagandists. (laughs) It just seems logical. We need to vet the the debate moderators. We need to vet them and make sure that they are actually credible journalists. Or, this is a radical idea, just have questions asked by regular citizens. The questions that we all want to know without hidden agendas and without selectively presenting facts. We need to make them choose who they want to be so that we can filter them appropriately. I am an editorialist in the sense that I'm giving you my opinion. I'm not claiming to be a journalist, but I am comfortable that I'm not a propagandist. I'm not just pulling out little pieces to try to convince you one way or the other. It doesn't mean that at times we all are propagandists to a certain degree. I get that. (coughs) But my heart in presenting this podcast is not to give you a a biased piece of information just to lead a political agenda. We need to make them choose who they want to be so we can filter them appropriately. What if politicians only allowed interviews with journalist credentials? People that have journalist credentials. You know what? That could actually change behavior if they weren't allowed access as propagandists. You know, an answer to a lot of our problems is good old capitalism. Right now, we are up against Facebook and Twitter and even Fox News, who is biting the hand that has fed them for so long. Money talks loudly, as does ratings and subscriptions. This is a a great opportunity for capitalism. Companies should move into the void that something like Facebook has created by, by censoring people and offer 
a platform where people can speak freely and openly. (coughs) There are 70 million people who have voted for Trump who feel disenfranchised right now, who are angry, that would connect to a media source that would allow a free exchange of ideas and that would give news that's actually journal has journalistic integrity. Now I'm not naive. Propaganda has been around forever. In fact, I researched propaganda for this podcast and I'll be super frank with you. I started to get really, really bored (laughs) because there's just example after example, after example, it dates back to as long as we have recorded history 515 BC, there was recordings of propaganda in regards to politics and warfare. Up and through the Reformation, the Civil War, World War I and II, Nazi Germany was filled with propaganda, racial propaganda, even Cold War, not that long ago. But my friends, right now in our situation, we are facing a propaganda parade. And, and I believe it's, it's a parade in the fact that the news media right now is flaunting it. They think they got away with it. They think they can say whatever they want and they can distort the facts and they can present facts selectively. And they don't feel like there's any consequences. They feel like the propaganda parade has worked. And they're making an open display of it before you right now. But here's the deal. You've heard me say this before. We are not helpless victims of the culture. We set the culture. It's okay for us to be outraged by this, and it's okay for us to look for different news medias and outlets that offer us real, incredible journalism. Facts that are true. And opinions that are labeled as opinions. We need to be educated, and we need to be aware of what we are after right now. We might need to close down our Facebook accounts and our Twitter accounts. We might need to turn off the news channels and look for more credible sources. We can't just simply sit back and enjoy the parade. (coughs) This is an important time in history, and we're part of it. So let's have our eyes open, especially over these next couple weeks. Pay attention to the headlines and what is being released to you. Are you going to just simply be a victim and swallow and digest everything they give you? Or will you be a critical thinker and look closer and find out if what you're receiving is journalism, editorialism, or propaganda? It's important that we understand the difference and it's important that we resist the propaganda that tries to influence us wrongly. I appreciate your time in this important matter and thank you so much for listening. I encourage you to go to gofam.org, leave a comment or question about this topic or others. I would love to hear your voice and your opinion on these such important matters. Thank you for listening to my gravelly coughing voice today. Hopefully by next week, I'll be in more pure voice. I am certainly getting better and I appreciate all of your time. So now let's go together to set and shape the culture. Mm